Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. I have to start off by saying, just like a lot of my messages, this is something that God's like trying to help me with. So this is like a really real message. Like my husband was with me last night. And you're going to hear some of the stories that happened when we ran into somebody, a conversation I had. But I think we don't even realize how natural it is to find problems. We actually don't even have to look for them. <laughs> they just happen. Like, you don't want to find a problem, do you? So I'm not really sure why we look for, like, we like expect these problems to just come because we don't even really have to find them. But somehow we like look for them like they're already going to happen. And what we don't realize is we're speaking them into existence because we're having more faith in our problem than we are in God. And we wonder why our problems keep happening instead of God coming through for us. And I've been thinking about this a lot in my life. And for any of you that have studied anything, at some point you've probably heard of Murphy's Law. If you haven't, I'll tell you what it is. It's pretty, I'm going to break it down. It basically says, if something can go wrong, it will. And, like, I don't know if you've ever known somebody like that. They, they like, kind of have a way of thinking. They're like, like, have you ever seen Winnie the Pooh? Like Eeyore? Like, oh, it's going to rain again today. <laughs> well, another thing's going to probably go wrong. Like a funny thing uh, that happens with somebody that my family knows is they always say, I always get my food last. And that's something really simple, but he always gets his food last. And I think we don't realize how much power we have in our thoughts and in what we say. But a lot of times the truth is if you really think about it, we're speaking more into our problems and having more faith in our problems than we have in God. And then we have in his power. And it's... It's not even that I'm saying it's necessarily our fault because that's our human nature. But what we have to do is we have to realize it so we can change that. Because I don't know about you, but I want to see more of God's promises, not more of my problems. Like, we all know that person that's drama or that person that's the problem person. Like, I don't know if you were the problem child growing up in your family. But there's someone somewhere, even if it's a cousin and it's not in your direct family, there's always somebody that always has a problem. You know, and you don't want to be around those people. And it's almost like for me, whenever I'm, I'm starting to talk about something, I almost get tired of my own self talking about a problem. Like I'm like, ooh. Like in the middle of me talking about the problem, I'm annoyed at myself talking about the problem. But it's like I don't know what else to do except for to talk about it, right? Sometimes I'm like, I just got to talk about it. But so many of us, we're focused on the symptom and we're not looking for the solution. We're, we're trying to deal with these symptoms in our life from the problem like, like, well, I don't have enough money right now. Or I can't get enough hours in my job. Or I don't have the right job. Or you don't understand my boss. Or I'm, I need to break up my boyfriend or girlfriend because this. Or, or I just got broken up with. Or this isn't working out and this isn't working out. And we're not looking for what's going right or how we can make something go right or what we can focus on. We're just focusing on what's coming at us, which is super easy to do. Like, the thing I've learned and I'm still learning in my life at different levels is if it's natural for me, it's probably not the best thing. I don't know about you. You might be better than me. But, like, if it comes natural or it feels like it's gratifying, it's probably not the right thing. (laughs) 
And, you know, my dad has always told me this, which if you don't know my dad's Pastor Keith, he's always said to people that do this, and sometimes that's me, he's like, you're like finding the problem like there's a reward for it. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but have you ever, have you ever like been in a church service or been in your job and you're like, I found this problem and there's that wrong with that person and that wrong with that. And if they would just fix this and if you would just make me feel better, whatever. Like we, have, we can find all these problems and point out the problems, but very rarely are there people that can find solutions. Very rarely are there people that are looking for the solution. Like it's so easy to point the finger. It's not easy to do the work. And so... If you just think about it in the Bible, what did people do? When they saw Jesus, they didn't go, I want to get to know you. They said, here's my problem. And we do the exact same thing. We're like, God, give me mercy. God, give me energy. God, help me through this. God, make this easy for me. God, help me to find this. Help me to do this. And it's, it's always, God, here's my problem. Instead of actually getting to know Jesus and if we got to know Jesus, we would find out he's the solution to our problem. Being close to him is the solution to our problem. Getting his perspective is the answer to your problem. But most of the time we're like, God, fix this. God, do this. You're my genie. Get this done for me. And we're totally missing the point. Like, if you just really think about it, the people in the Bible that went to Jesus for their problems, it wasn't like because of like their money issue or the fact that they needed healing or anything else that they could come to Jesus for, it was that they, they failed to realize that Jesus himself was the solution. And too often in life, we're, like I said earlier, we're dealing with these symptoms and we're never looking at how, actually how to find the answer to the problem. And most people fail to see how God wants us to see that actually if you're facing a problem, which this is really annoying, so I'm just warning you. This is true, okay? Most of the time in our life, the things that we see as a problem, God actually wants to use it for good in our life. And instead of reacting to our problem, if we could choose our response and lead our response, we wouldn't, like, resent God and we wouldn't resent other people. and We wouldn't have all these issues that we have because we would realize that there's a bigger picture and rather than, like, going, well, there's this problem, this problem, this problem. When you're a Christian, you're not supposed to have problems. Which I don't know how people think that, but it's, like, natural to think, when I start following God, my life should get easier. I don't know why we think that. But the thing is, your life doesn't get any easier. You just have an advocate that helps you. And in life without God, you don't have that advocate. You don't have that strength. You don't have that wisdom. You don't have the guidance. You don't have that person that's there for you that loves you no matter what. You might think you do until you don't. And the problems you face will either defeat you or they will develop you. And depending on our response is what you're going to receive out of your problem. And so we can see something as a problem. We can want a quick fix in our life to this issue or problem. But have you ever thought about, like, how long did it take you to create that problem? Or how long did it take you to, like, try to fix it yourself and it didn't work out? But we want God to do it like this. We don't ever give him the time to actually, like, work it out in us. And we're frustrated. But we cause the problem most of the time. 
but we're like, God, fix it. And he's like, hey, you got to do some work. I'm here, but, like, you got to walk towards me. And it's probably hard to think sometimes about, like, our problems in this way. But I want to challenge you tonight to put your problems in the right perspective. Because what you're going to find is that your problems are not that big of a deal. It's the position of how you're seeing them and the position of where you are in your life. If you're close to Jesus, your problems are going to be so small. It's not that you won't have problems. It's just they're not going to have power over your life. You're going to realize that God's more powerful than your problems. But if you're farther away from Jesus, you're left to yourself. You don't have the power of God in the same ways that you can access and that you can use in your life. And so you're left to yourself and you're like, I can't do it. And you're right because you don't have God sitting there helping you because you didn't invite him in. And so God, what I found in my life is that God's really good at getting me where he needs me. Even whenever I get myself in a situation that looks like a problem, he positions me according to what he thinks is a priority, not what I would prefer. So like, for instance, in our life, whenever we find ourselves in a situation that's out of our control, whenever we find ourselves in a situation that's uncomfortable, that is not where I want to be. Like, I don't know about you, but like, it's not cool to be corrected or to be like written up in your job or to have a situation where you feel like this is not like what I had planned for my life. This is not what I thought how life would go. But do you know that that could be a position that God wants you in right now because he sees potential in that to bring you closer to your promise? What if your problem can actually bring you closer to the promise? But it has to do with your perspective on it. Your perspective can either make you go backwards with the problem or it can make you go beyond what you ever thought was possible. And, you know, God's promises, they're there for you. Like, promises, you, you realize the promises of God you don't have to, like, beg him for them. They're there. Like, if I said, who wants a piece of candy? That sounds funny. But, like, if you were like, I want a piece of candy, it would be like, okay, come up here and take it. That's how the promises of God are. You can have joy. You can have peace. But they're optional in your life. If you're not operating with peace, if you're not operating with joy, you need to realize you're not choosing to receive those things in your life. And the truth is you might not know how. And that's why it's great to be in a house like this. That's why it's great to be around other people. And we can help lead you and guide you. And the Bible is a very great resource because it's better than even what humans can tell you what to do. Because God and the Holy Spirit can help you to know what to do. But I want to encourage you, if you feel like something's lacking in your life that's a promise from God. If you're like, I don't even know what a promise is from God. Google, promises of God. It's like super simple, and it'll pull up a bunch of scriptures for you that you can read. But you have to understand that God wants you to receive his promises, but they are not guaranteed in your life. You have to choose to take them. You have to choose to say, I'm choosing peace over being upset in the situation. I'm choosing joy, which joy is not like, ha, ha, ha. It's like, I'm going to choose to have God's perspective on this over being upset right now, over being hurt. I'm going to step into joy. I'm going to step into peace. And you can actually start feeling it when you choose to take those things on in your life. And, you know, Stephen Furtick, he once said, I love this. <laughs> he says, you want God to show up, but he's waiting for you to grow up so he can. Like so many of us are walking around and we're like, oh, that person hurt me. And we're on this like petty level of life. And God's like, I am like waiting to take you to a different level can you please come with me? Can we please stop being focused on the small, stupid things in life? 
I don't know if he'd say stupid to you, but he does to me sometimes. Can we stop focusing on these things that don't matter and get on what does matter so you can live a life that matters? Like, I don't want to live a life that I did in high school or in college where everyone's going in circles, where life doesn't mean anything, where their choices don't get them anywhere, and they're in the same place. Do you know anybody like that? They're doing the same thing that they did when they were in high school or college. It's just like this, this cycle. And then they end up in their 40, and they're doing the same thing. Like, I want to live a life that's making progress. I want to live a life that's getting down the road, that I have something that's followable for, for people. And so what that means is I have to look at what's not working in my life, and I have to go, okay, I'm willing to change that. I'm willing to be open that God wants to do something with that. And I'm not going to keep doing it my way. So... There's like a couple different kinds of people here tonight, and I've fallen into both of these categories, just so you know. But some of you are living like you're still in the problem, but God delivered you from it a long time ago. God will go before you, but he will not go for you into your healing. You have to walk into your healing. Like, stop acting hurt when God's already healed you. Stop looking to the pastor what they did when God already brought you out of it. We don't have to stay there. And I've been there where I'm stuck in my hurt and I don't even realize it. And I'm causing a problem and I don't even sometimes see it. And then all of a sudden it happens upon me and I'm like, oh, okay. And some of you guys are there tonight. You're living in something that God already took you out of and you're still like, two years ago, I mean, four years ago when he broke up with me. And it's like, what? Or like. Like, yeah, I lost my job, and my boss just hates me. When was that? Well, I was like, a year ago. Okay. Like, can we get over it so we can move on? Because God wants us to get over it so he can give us more of what he has for us. But if your hands are full with all the problems, how is he supposed to hand you the promises? If you're choosing those problems over his promises, you have to realize you're making a choice. You don't think you're choosing but you're choosing to prioritize problems over promises. And I don't want to live that way, and I have. And for some of you, right now, okay, in your life, if God fixed every single thing in your life, if he fixed all your problems like we want him to in a snap, you would think that you did it on your own. And sometimes it's in the waiting that we realize we need God. We think that a problem is a problem, but what if the problem is actually your answer? And sometimes it takes a process to see that. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that created them. And God's trying to get us on the other side of our problems so that we can live in his promises. You know, inconvenience doesn't all, like often in my life, it doesn't sound like God. Like if I hit a red light or say something happens and the plan gets canceled or say someone leaves my life. Or say an opportunity that came up doesn't work out. That doesn't seem like God working in my life. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like that. But like I've never personally felt like, wow, this inconvenience is so from God. Like I've never felt that way. But isn't that how God works? Think about all the ways that God worked in the Bible. It was through the problems and the inconveniences so why are we so worried when this happened to us? We're like, yeah, Noah had to build the ark and it had never rained. And then, like, his whole family was saved because he was obedient, even when everyone thought he was crazy. And then, like, oh, also, David was, like, this really small kid, which I'll get into his story later. And, like, he totally, like, followed God and then it worked out for him, even though everybody hated him and his family. And then Joseph, like, his family sold him and he was, like, in slavery. And then he went to jail. But then, like, it worked out and then he was in second in command. But then we're like, 
I stubbed my toe. God, who are you? Do you even love me? Like, think about how trivial things are in our life sometimes. We see these huge stories in the Bible, and we look back on them, and we're like, wow, God was really moving. But you can only see your life step by step by step. One day, hopefully, you're going to be able to look back and go, look what God did. But right now, it's like, can you handle stubbing your toe and not get upset with God? Can it not ruin your day today? I don't know, but that's where I'm trying to get is that, like, these little inconveniences don't stop me. Because God wants to do something so much bigger in our life, and we get stopped by something so small. But we're like, you're the God of Abraham. But you're not the God of this red light right now. Like, you're not the God of my weight loss. It's not working out for me. Yeah, I had a donut. You should, God, you should speed, fast track this weight loss for me. Pull that down somewhere. So, but don't we have the same God in the Bible? Why do we get confused about who he is in our life, but we know who he was for Joshua, Abraham, Caleb, Moses? We, like, question his character, but you can see it clearly in other people's lives. But somehow we're like, well, God's not like that with me. Maybe you're holding on to your problems and he can't give you the promises because you're too full. So the dictionary says, a problem is any question or matter that involves doubt, uncertainty, or difficulty. It is a perceived gap between the existing state and the desired state or a deviation from a normal standard or status quo. It's a gap between what is and how we would like for things to be. You know what's a problem in your life today may not be a problem later on in your life. And you get to choose what you magnify. Did you know that what we focus on, we magnify? And what we magnify is what we will see and receive in our life. You might not even realize all the things right now that you're magnifying in your life. What is magnifying? The things you're focused on. The things you're lifting up. The things that you are really, like, looking at and perceiving and realizing. Have you ever, like, gotten in a season and it takes you a while, but you're like, I'm in a rut. Like, I am just, like, I'm not okay. Like, I'm mad and I don't even know why. Like, I'm frustrated and everything's agitating me and I don't even know why, but you better get out of my way. <laughs> And we're like going through life and we have this problem and we're so not aware that we're okay with a problem in our life that we can't even receive what God actually wants for us or be love for somebody or be an encourager for somebody or be used by God because we're so in our problem. And we're not even aware. God wants to get you aware tonight so that you don't keep living in that problem, so you don't keep looking at that problem, but you're looking at the solution who is Jesus. That you're getting the perspective of how Jesus sees it. You know, in the Bible, it says that God's ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. That means he's always trying to bring us up. How you naturally think, how you naturally live is not going to be the kind of life that you want. You're not going to receive what you want in your heart because the things in your heart, the things that are inside of you, God put them there. And you need God to get those. You need God to get there. So if you think you can get it on your own, I promise you you're going to be really frustrated. So if I can't encourage you out of my own life tonight, hopefully you can hear this message because... Really, like, a lot of times we don't realize what we're magnifying. We don't realize what we're making most important or what we're prioritizing. And so often, like I said earlier, we're pointing the finger. And if you're pointing the finger, like, just think about your hand for a second. If you're like, problem, your hand cannot receive anything in this stance. What do you, like, are, maybe you can get a hook? I don't really know what you could hold with this. But, like, 
if we live life like, hey, there's a problem, God, I want your perspective. God, I want how you think. I want how you're going to do it. God, lead me to know how I need to respond in this situation. Guess what the Bible says? It says the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and he can bring things to our remembrance. That he can bring things into your brain, into your heart, that you wouldn't have naturally thought of. So when you're in a situation and you're frustrated, your natural response is not going to be good. And I sometimes get there and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, battle Kila is about to come out. <laughs> like, I have to stop myself and I have to go. And I'm working on this. So that's just why I'm saying this. I have to go, God, help me. But you, like, it's a battle. But guess what? Doing this is so much better than doing this. Receiving is so much better than just seeing a problem. What are you going to get out of seeing a problem unless you're going to fix it? Nothing. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to do anything. So I'm going to show you this example. So everyone knows this is a coin, right? You've probably seen one before. We don't use them very often because we're used to plastic. Magic cards. But this is a coin. It's currency. But it's not so much about the coin as it is the image I want to give you. So this is something pretty small. I mean, it's like one of the bigger coins. But it's pretty small. But, like, if I, like, hold this here, I can still see all of you in the room. Like, I'm not, like, blocked by it. But the closer I get, the more I can't see. I mean, if I close my eye, I can't see any of you. I can see some feet right here. But then if I get all the way, it's probably really dirty, so I don't want to touch my face. But, like, if I put this all the way to my face, it's going to block out my entire sight. Like, if I actually was, if it was nighttime, this would actually help me with this analogy. But if it was nighttime and I did this, I could block out the entire moon and only see darkness. Or if it was daytime, I could block out the entire sun and only see this coin. And that's how a lot of us are living our life, with our problems. We're not just blocking out the moon or the sun, we're blocking out the sun. We can't see Jesus because our problem's in our way. We can't see what God has for us because our problem's in our way. And you have to be the one that goes, I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to let go of that problem. So some of the things that we have an issue with when it comes to our problem is not just all the problems around us, but sometimes we think we're the problem. Sometimes we're so focused on what we're not and what's not working in us and how we failed that we can't even see what's right with us. We can't even see that God made us so amazing and so wonderful with so many possibilities. And, you know, we go through our life and we're magnifying what's wrong with us instead of magnifying what's right with us. Magnify what's right with you and not what's wrong with you. We all have issues. We all have faults. I have plenty, probably more than you, honestly. But guess what? God still wants to use us in our imperfection. I love the scripture in the Bible. I talk about it all the time. I love the scripture in the Bible. It talks about in our weakness, he is made strong. It doesn't say when you're really great, God shows up and everyone sees your testimony. It's like when you suck, that gives God room. Like his, it gives his power room to be shown in your life. So like when you're not good enough, you can't cut it. Guess what? That's when God's like, great, now I can help you. Sometimes it takes us getting to that place that we even go, God, can you help me? Because we, so, we get so to a place where we're desperate and we're like, God, I need you. Like if we do that right off the bat, we don't have to get to the place of desperation. 
We don't have to get to the place where we're like, I don't have any answers. You know, it's funny, but like we get a negative medical report. We can get like a negative um, interaction with somebody. Something big can happen in our life. And especially with like negative medical reports or like we start feeling bad, we start Googling and we find all these side effects, like so many side effects and so many ways that you can die from it. And then we call a friend or text a friend and we're like, hey, I'm having these things happen. And they're like, oh my gosh, my cousin had that. They died four months later. And then we start freaking out. I don't know if you've ever done this, but like I've done this kind of stuff before. I'm like, I'm gonna stop Googling things. But we start dwelling on these issues. We start dwelling on these problems and we give it our attention so long that our identity, that our viewpoint, it gets all distorted and we don't know what's real. You can't tell if your problem is real and it's just your life or if it's something that's just temporary. Some of us, we settle into our problems and we're like, it's just the way it is. I've done that a lot. I'm just like, maybe if I ignore it, it'll go away. <laughs> and just remember this, because this is something that, like, I'm trying to remind myself of, is it takes the same amount of energy to believe as it does to worry or fear. It takes the same amount of energy. It's just not natural for us to believe. It's more natural for us to fear. It's more natural for us to have worry or anxiety. And guess what? Anxiety is not from God. Worry is not from God. Fear is not from God. So if you're having those things in your life, it doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you're choosing those over God. You're choosing those over peace. You're choosing that over joy. And that's a very, like, sobering thought for some of us because some of us really do deal with anxiety. But guess what? You don't have to. So when you magnify the promises of God instead of the problems you have, your faith is actually released. Some people are like, faith, girly word. No, like, faith is believing in something you don't yet have, in something you don't yet see, in something you can't even imagine. And that happens when you start to have a different kind of perspective. You're not looking at your problem. You're looking at God saying, God, I trust you over what I can see. I trust you over what I know. And, you know, the cool thing is that, well, this might not sound cool at first, but, like, God's not obligated to bring to pass what we say, but he is obligated to bring to pass what he says. He's obligated. So if he says it, he has to bring it to pass, but we have to activate it in our life. So the question is, do you know what God says? Because it's really important that you do. Don't go to your friend and be like, what do you think about this? Talk to God. Say, God, what do you think about this? If you have to Google, which I know sometimes the Bible is like confusing, so that's okay. I Google a lot. You can literally type, what does the Bible say about this? And you can do some research and then you can get some wise counsel on it if you need to. But God is actually way better at giving you answers than I would be or another human. And I want to just remind you of a few stories really quick. So Abraham believed God. He believed that when God gave him a promise and said that him and his wife were going to have a baby, and they were super old, guys. In the natural, it's impossible. But Romans 4 says that Abraham believed in, trusted in, relied on God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, which just means right living, right standing with God. Righteousness is not perfection, just so you know. And in other words, he didn't go around thinking, well, God gave me this promise, but I must not have heard him, right? Because Sarah's almost 80 years old and it's just not going to happen. He didn't get on Google and start like typing in, what's the chances of having a baby at 100? He didn't call his friends and get their input to see what they thought. He just said, God, I trust you. Abraham considered not his circumstances. 
but he was fully persuaded that God would do what he said he could do. He made the decision to say, I'm not going to put my energy into worry. I'm not going to go around thinking about how it's going to work out. I've got my promise from God, and that's what I'm choosing. You may have to, in your brain, think you have to consider a medical report, but hear me, like, tonight. You can know the medical report and believe God over the medical report. You can know what the truth looks like and believe what God says over what the truth looks like right now. The good news is that God can do what science cannot do. God never runs out of options. He has the final say. He made your body, your money, your life, etc. So every single situation in your life, God has the final say. I don't care if you've lost a limb. I don't care if you got in an accident. God can change whatever deficiency you have. He can heal you. He can not only heal you, he can give you something entirely new. So if you need a new heart, if you need a new mind, guess what? He already created what you had anyways. Why not ask him big? Why believe small? Why not ask him big? You know, yesterday, and this is what I was referencing earlier. Yesterday we ran into some friends, and this is like a real situation for me. <laughs> and I haven't fully, like, finished my conversation with Cole about it, but... Um, we had this conversation, someone was asking me about my health, and they were saying, you know, like, so what's going on with your body? Because I was saying, like, my hair fell out a year ago, and I've just been dealing with different issues for a couple years, and they were like, well, what's going on? And I was like, I always say this this way. I'm like, I'm currently being healed of this. So I say what I'm currently being healed of, and this chick, who's my friend, goes, you need to stop. And I'm like, she's like, you need to stop saying that. Why aren't you speaking I have already been healed of this. And I'm like, but I'm saying, like, I'm going to be healed of it. But she's like, why are you saying I'm going to be? Why aren't you walking in that healing right now? Because the price has already been paid. And I was like, <laughs> I go, preach to the preacher, okay? <laughs> and it challenged me. Because honestly, like, I've had this problem since I was 18, maybe longer. And, like, it's not that I don't have faith. But it's. I've gotten comfortable in my problem. Like, that's the honest truth. Like, it's not that I don't believe that God can do it. I've just settled into the fact, well, he's going to do it when he wants to do it. But why not activate my faith and live like he's already done it? And not, like, just go, oh, when it happens, I'm content. God didn't, like, want you to live your life that way. He wants you to live walking in miracles. So we have to talk like that. And that was challenging for me. Like, this happened last night. And I'm like, knowing this message and I'm writing this message, and, you know, there's things in this week because of that that I've decided that I need to change my focus. And instead of considering my circumstance, I'm going to consider God and his power and his promise. And I know that God's going to make a way even when I don't see a way. You know, Psalm 68.1 says, let God arise and his enemies will be scattered. Arise means to begin to occur or exist, to come into being or to attention. Do you know that God's working, but sometimes we don't have our attention on it, so we don't know it? Like God's always working in your life for the good. But when you make God bigger in your life, when you let him arise and focus on his greatness and live with attitude, expecting breakthroughs, expecting dreams to come to pass, when you let God arise like that in your life, then your enemies and your problems will be scattered. They will have no power. The bigger you make God, the smaller your problems become. And... David in Psalms 34, 3, he said, magnify the Lord with me. And tonight, that's the challenge I want to give all of us, is magnify God. Magnify the Lord with me. 
Let's stop looking at our problems. Let's stop focusing on what's not working or what we need to work or what we're frustrated about and focus on, you know what, if you're dealing with health issues, if you're dealing with financial issues, if you're dealing with relational issues, whatever it is, why don't we talk like it's already happening? Why don't we walk like it's already happening? And maybe, just maybe, it'll happen faster. Maybe our faith in action will open up the pathway for God to be able to work in our life. Because you might not see it as doubt, just like I didn't. Like you might still be speaking in faith over something. But if you're not actively living and walking in it, there is doubt. And there's not full faith there. You've settled into your problem. So I just want to tell you one last story. There was once a boy who had a problem. A bully lived down the street from him. He's always, like, been bothered by this bully. And this boy would try to be confident enough to stand up to the bully, but he was just too afraid. He didn't have the confidence. And one day his father, he actually bought him a telescope. He was in the front yard playing with it, but he was looking through the wrong end. And his father came out and he said, no, son, you're doing it backwards. Turn it around, and it will make everything bigger like it was designed to. And he said, Dad, I know that, but right now I'm looking at this bully across the street. And when I look at him this way, it makes him so small that I'm not afraid of him anymore. What end of the telescope are you looking at your life? Because if you saw it from God's perspective, and you saw it from how big he is, you would realize how small your situation is. Cancer is not the word of death. The acceptance of death is death. It's not the final say. We all think that when we hear cancer, we're like, Guess what? In our church, just this last week, someone was healed of stage four cancer. And we could sit there, and I was telling some friends this. We could sit there and we can go, wow, thank you, God. But if that was you, if that was your family member, if that was your life, you would be freaking running around this room right now. You would be like, God can do anything. Guess what? Maybe you haven't seen it yet in your life. Could I tell you it's coming? And it's going to happen a lot sooner if you start walking like it's happening. If you start thinking and believing and talking like it's happening. You know, David, in the Bible, whenever he was going up to face Goliath, everyone called Goliath a giant. They were talking about how big he is and how he's this Philistine and it's crazy and no one would fight him. And this little kid is like, where is he? Show him to me. And they're like, David, calm down. Like, you're a freaking shepherd boy. You don't even know how to fight. What they didn't know is that for years, he had literally killed bears and lions and taken out things that they had never seen with sometimes his hands. He knew what it was like to fight with God's power on his side. So guess what? When he looked at Goliath, he wasn't intimidated. He didn't call him by the fact that he was a giant. He didn't point out what wasn't going to work. You know what he pointed out? He pointed out what was not actually worthy in the problem. He said, you are an uncircumcised Philistine, which sounds weird, but like in that time, that was like a total diss. Like you're saying like you're not worthy. Like you think you're this big giant dude, you don't even know who my God is. I'm not scared of you, I don't care how big you are. I don't care how many men you killed. I don't care your threats. He didn't even like think of what other people said or how they tried to put armor on him or disqualify him. He literally just went, give me my sling. Went out there, took three stones, killed him. Like what does it take for someone who's not physically 
strong enough, tall enough, maybe hasn't really been in a battle. What does it take for someone like that to win a battle? Not confidence in yourself. Confidence that your God goes before you and he prepares the way to your victory. And if you act like you're walking in victory, I promise you you're going to reach the victory a lot faster. So in my life personally, like, and it's, it makes me emotional because it's like, partly I'm frustrated at myself, partly I'm like convicted. But it's like, I'm going to start walking and speaking like I am healed. Not just get frustrated, not just like push it away and not deal with the problem or not just get frustrated at God for him not doing it yet. But I'm going to take my action and my faith and I'm going to talk like it and I'm going to believe like it because he is, it is possible and he is stronger and he is bigger. So why don't we live like that together? Why don't we walk like that together? Why don't we really believe that God can do what he says he can do and stop believing our problems over God. My problems always let me down, but God never has. So why hold on to them? I want the promises of God, not the problems of my life. So tonight, I just want to pray with you. If you're like me, because I'm going to pray for myself tonight. If you're like me and you say, I need to walk like I'm getting and receiving the promise and I can do more of that in my life. I just want you to stand up. You don't need to be scared in this room. This is a great thing to stand before God and say, God, I want more of you. I want more of you in my life. I want to walk like I can trust you. And I just want you to open up your hands like this, like we talked about. God, I thank you for every single person that's standing. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their action tonight because God, you can work with that. God, you can work with someone who's not ashamed and not scared of what other people think. God, I thank you that because they can stand in this room before you and say, God, I want more of you. I want your promises. I want to walk like I'm in victory. Because they do that here, God, they're going to be able to do it out there. God, I thank you that they can know that they're in a place that loves them. They're in a place that believes them. They're in a place that's, that we are for them. God, we're in this journey together. We're in this battle together. And God, we're focused on the same person, and it's you. So God, I speak that tonight, God, where we've been focused on our problems, where we've been letting the problems and the enemy win in our life, he has no more power. And right now, God, as we stand here before you, God, we receive your power. We receive your promises. God, no longer are we going to point the finger or pick up our issues or be distracted or focus on other things or even apathetic in our own frustration. But God, tonight, we're taking a step and things are going to change in Jesus' name. God, I believe it. We don't have to have someone lay hands on us. We don't have to have someone come up and give us a personal word. God, right now, this is a personal moment with you, and you are doing things in the unseen, and maybe even in the seen in someone's life right now. God, I thank you that miracles are happening. God, they're going to happen to such a degree that it's not just that we're going to receive a miracle, but we're going to get to be a miracle. We're going to get to be a part of miracles, God, because it's going to outflow out of our life. That God, we're going to have so many of your promises in our life that people are going to ask us, how are you so blessed? How are you receiving that? How are you living with such faith? How are you trusting God? How do you have what you have? And the only answer is going to be you, God, because we know we can't do it on our own. We know that we don't have the strength. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the capacity. God, we're not big enough. We're not strong enough, but you are. So God, as right now, we recognize our weakness. God, your strength is coming in. 
God, your wisdom is coming in. Your peace, your joy is coming in. And God, I speak those things over our life. I speak those things over their life. God, where the enemies thought he's won, God, he's only going to realize that you've been using that bad for our good. God, you even use the power of the enemy for your good. God, I thank you that every single thing that we saw that wasn't going to work in our life or that wasn't working, God, you're going to work it out. And we're going to get to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Keela Craft Ambrose.